When my daughters were young, they sometimes had bad dreams, nightmares that played out in their sleepy little heads. Fortunately, they thought that I could do magic. And so we developed this little magic ritual. Before they went to sleep each night, I would search their heads for bad dreams. Honestly, it was a little, a little like searching their hair for lice. And, and if I found one, if I found a bad dream, I would pull it out of their head with my fingers. Now, sometimes it would be sticky, so it would be a little like stretching out a piece of gum, but eventually they would, they would give the bad dreams, and I would put them in my pocket. And then once I had pulled all the bad dreams out of their head, I would search my own head until I found an especially good dream, and then I'd pull it out and put it in their heads, and then I'd say, sweet dreams. Now, too many of us no longer believe in magic, so it's not as easy to pull the bad dreams out of our heads and put good dreams in their place. But that's what this reading from Isaiah is trying to do, plant a good dream in our heads and maybe chase some bad dreams away. Isaiah 65 has been called God's dream for the world. And what does that dream look like? New heavens and a new earth. No more infant mortality or premature death. No war or invasion or cruelty. People build houses and get to live in them. People plant crops and get to eat them. Children aren't born in poverty. God hears and answers before we even call the wolf and the lamb feed together. No one hurts or destroys anymore. It is the dream of a generous future, a dream about this life and this world blessed and healed and restored so that all creatures of our God and King, everyone has a place and everyone has enough. It is a good dream. There are other dreams in the Bible. There are other ways of thinking about the future. Other, other dreams we might plant in our heads or in our children's heads. You have the apocalyptic dreams, notably in the book of Revelation, where the earth is a battlefield between good and evil, where the world is increasingly filled with wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, floods, famines, droughts, and on and on, basically the opposite of everything we see in Isaiah 65. Eventually in this dream, good does triumph over evil, but the, the body count is pretty high. And then you have the heavenly dreams, the idea that our true home is not here, but up there somewhere in the sweet by and by. And we have these visions of heaven complete with, with pearly gates and streets of gold and clouds and singing and harps and all of that. I'm always, I'm always kind of amused by these popular images of heaven. They make heaven sound like some kind of celestial church service where the hymns never, ever end. Is that really a heaven anyone desires? I love this quote. Many long for eternal life who don't know what to do with themselves on a rainy Sunday afternoon. Whatever we make of these apocalyptic texts, however we imagine heaven, I still worry about these dreams because, because they tempt us to give up on this life and this world too soon. 
This good green earth, which many of us love, including God, at least according to John 3.16, this good green earth becomes either kindling for the fire or just a bus station we pass through on our way to the hereafter. But look again at the dream found in Isaiah. Isaiah is not imagining a heavenly, otherworldly future. His dream is grounded right here in this life, in this world. The verse that's translated, I am about to create, is better translated, I am creating. It's already happening, already underway. It's just not complete yet. God is already creating new heavens and a new earth. But instead of burning up and throwing away the old one, God is transforming them slowly and gently from from the inside. The generous future promised in Isaiah is not pearly gates or streets of gold or clouds or harps. Instead, it is an earthy future, long life, children born healthy and whole, a world of peace, a world where people and nature live together in harmony and where God is closer than our own breathing. God is already creating this world. And we, all of us, get to be a part of the divine recreation project. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we worship. That's why we share our lives. That's why we baptize babies. That's why we try to plant good dreams in our children's heads. That's why we support cooperative Christian ministries and the Salvation Army and and the Hickory Soup Kitchen and Safe Harbor and Exodus Ministries and Central Latino and Habitat for Humanity and on and on. Whenever we feed people who are hungry, whenever we visit people who are sick or hurting, whenever we care for children, whenever we welcome strangers, whenever we work for changes in society so that the least of these are lifted up and the earth is preserved, whenever we do any of these things, we join with God in creating new heavens and a new earth, right here, right now, helping the dream of Isaiah 65 come true. And to be a part of that work, we have to stay in the game. We have to stay committed to this place. We have to resist the temptation to give up on this world. Let's Let's be honest with one another for a moment. Have you ever been tempted to give up on this world? Have you ever been tempted to just sit back and let the world burn? Have you ever dreamed about another world, one that isn't so chaotic and messy and complicated, one that doesn't let us down sometimes? I confess, I have. I've been tempted to dream other dreams. This world can break your heart sometimes. But we are still called to love it, to love this world that God so loves, to not give up on it, to cherish it, to fight for it, to trust that God is not done with it yet. And so we don't get to be done with it either. I love this poem by Maggie Smith. It's called Good Bones. Life is short though I keep this from my children. Life is short and I've shortened mine in a thousand delicious ill-advised ways. A thousand deliciously ill-advised ways I'll keep from my children. The world is at least 50% terrible and that's a conservative estimate, though I keep this from my children. For every bird there is a stone thrown at a bird. For every loved child, a child broken. 
Life is short and the world is at least half terrible and for every kind stranger there is one who would break you, though I keep this from my children. I am trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor walking you through a real dump chirps on about good bones. It's got good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful. Maybe Isaiah 65 is God selling us on the world. This place could be beautiful. It's a hard world and sometimes cruel. It's a gentle world and unbelievably beautiful. It's a world that can make us bitter and resentful, and it's a world that can draw from us tenderness as we learn to care for one another. For one another. It's a world of monsters and saints, and it's the only one we've been given, and it's got good bones. If we peel back the evil, we'll find fresh goodness. If we draw back the curtains, it's got good light. The truth is still there underneath a dusting of lies. If we, if we tear out the hate, love can make a home here. This place could be beautiful. And God calls us to dream that dream and join in the divine work of making it a reality. Back in April, I, I went to Merle Fest. As many of you know, any of you who were there, it was rainy and muddy. I mean like sinking past your ankles in the mud muddy. But early in the evening, the rain stopped and a great rainbow filled the sky, so there was a promise of happier times ahead. And I don't know how many people were there. That, that picture gives you an idea. But I saw people of about every possible description you can come up with, some with bald heads and some with hair down to their knees, some eight years old and some 80, some with beads and some with Carolina T-shirts, all trudging through the muck or sitting in chairs or dancing in the mud. And all the while, the air was filled with music like incense in some wild cathedral, bluegrass and old-time gospel. Americana and country and blues and rock and some stuff I don't even know how to describe. And the music went deep into the night, ending with the Avett brothers and their last song, No Hard Feelings, which invites us, that song invites us to make our peace with this life and this world. Under the curving sky, I'm finally learning why it matters for me and you to say it and mean it too, for life and its loveliness and all of its ugliness, good as it's been to me, I have no enemies. I have no enemies. And as they played that, you know, I looked up to the night sky and the blanket of clouds broke for just a second, just long enough for the moon to shine through bright and clear and joyful. And for me, being among a beautiful and bewildering diversity of people standing on God's good green earth, dancing and making music is at least as fine a dream as pearly gates and streets of gold and clouds and hearts. I am not saying those other dreams are wrong, but I am saying let's not move on too soon. Let's not be too quick to give up on this world that God so loves and the dream of a generous future for all God's creatures. Thanks be to God. Amen.